Welcome to Women in Film and Television podcast. This evening we're talking with Elizabeth Caden and Nitsa Willen about the Writers Lab, the lab dedicated to developing scripted content by diverse women over 40. Liddy, Chair of Women in Film and Television Ireland, and your incoming uh, President of Women in Film and Television International. Uh, lovely to be with you all this evening, and I know we have a great crowd in. Um, it's, it's, I have two women here who are really um, very interesting speakers, and what their involvement in script is of particular concern to me, because as you know, I'm very, very interested, and my research interest is very focused around issues to do with ageing and the screen. So I'd like to introduce Elizabeth Caden and Nitsa Willen, who co-founded the Writers Lab with Kylie Ann Stokes in 2015, with support from the New York Women in Film and TV with Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman. It's now co-produced with New York Women in Film and Television. It's the only programme in the world devoted exclusively to script development for women writers over the age of 40. This is the Writers Lab we're talking about now. And it's interested and focused on developing narrative scripted content written by diverse women over 40. So with industry veterans, the lab elevates the work of women screenwriters in their prime through mentorship, advocacy and exposure. In 2021, the lab expanded to the UK and Europe, and it has been running six-month virtual programs to address the gaps across the worldwide industry and has launched a partnering UK outfit, Untamed Stories, and securing support from Kate Blanchett's Dirty Films and the BFI Regional. Now, their alumni have staffed writers' rooms, they've signed with managers and agents, they've landed deals, and they have moved their scripts into production. And I know these are some of the issues that many of you are very keen to probe tonight. Now, Elizabeth and Nitz are also founding partners of Women in the Script Trade, where they work individually with exceptional women screenwriters, and they run script development labs in New York and LA for the Athena Film Festival from 2016 to 2020. And just a little bit about each individual before we, we proceed. Elizabeth previously served as head of development at Tangine Entertainment. She was an independent production. This was an independent production company that produced films directed by women. And she's mentored at Stowe Story Labs. She's also a former theatre and film critic, graduate of Princeton Yale School of Drama and lives in New York with her family. Nitsa was formerly an actor, a journalist, magazine and book editor, and she earned her BA from the Annenberg School of Communication in the University of Pennsylvania. And as well as her work advocating for women in film, Nitsa is a writer and a voice actor, and she too lives in New York City with her family. So there's just something about New York City, obviously, but we'll, we'll move on and maybe come back to that at another point. So can I start from the, the beginning, Elizabeth and Nitsa, and whichever one of you'd like to kick off on this. Um, why did you set up the Writer's Lab at all? I mean, what prompted that move? Can you talk us through the process? The question is simple. Um, the answer in my head is a name, boat, that uh, the, the problem was a big one. It was a big one. Um, it wasn't just about women on screen. It was about how do we change that from the root, from the stories that are being put out there. And we decided we had to do something uh, at that level, we had to dig deeper and go into the stories themselves. We also thought about um, not just, you know, stories uh, uh, 
by women, about women. It was also how old the women were uh, and that the things we were seeing on screen were just not, we were not identifying with the people that were being portrayed on screen. And that was deeply upsetting. And uh, we were coming into our own at a time when it looked like nobody cared. So uh, that was that was big for us. Um, and I'll mention one other piece that went with it, um, maybe because uh, some of you listening to this um, uh, can can put yourselves in the same position. We knew a number of other women who were writing or were in other ways involved in film, uh, um, mostly film, but film and television. Um, and we had a, a, a meeting, a gathering. We got together and we and we talked to each other. And there was a collective sense of frustration and disenfranchisement. And um, that really helped us get this off the ground. I think the, the groundswell is important to acknowledge because um, it's easier to do things with a lot of support and, and we need to be support for one another. We believe a lot in the power of community. So what we're talking about here, is it the case, is that as well as, if you like, the more widely understood issues for women in the industry, there was another layer emerging to do with the age, perhaps the age profile of the writers and what was being um, represented and how that was being represented on screen. So there, there was a kind of a double layer going on. Is, is that right? It's absolutely right. There's actually a third layer, which plagues me more and more each day. And that's the layer beyond what we actually do, um, which is the, the activism part of it, the social justice part of this, which, which um, I keep ranting and raving about. So you can all just click mute when you get tired of it. But, but the fact is, this is bigger than just one film. It's bigger than Hollywood, even. This is about women speaking and being heard and not just, and, and especially women who know what they're talking about. That's what this is about. On a, on a global scale, across all industries, communities. Now I will stop. No, I mean, you're singing, you're singing our song. And, and to be honest, with Ireland, we've done a number of things around uh, aging. And uh, it's, even, it's even aging. I, I, I'm even uncomfortable with the terminology, like, because what does that even mean? You know what I mean? I often say, like, I'm going to be older tomorrow. I was, you know, I'm going to be older next, next week. Uh, and also, you know, this over 40 and then... Is it over 40? Is it over 45? And is it late 40s upward? Where does the trouble begin? Well, of course, we kind of know the trouble begins for women or has traditionally certainly uh, begun for women really very, very much early on. But what you seem to be saying is it's exacerbated as time goes by. Um, I'm wondering then, OK, so what what about when you when you when you made this decision and, and the way you describe talking your community it kind of reminds me of you know the personal is political do you know what i mean that sort of sense of yeah um so you you, you kind of said there's something not right um women need some kind of support why how did you did you find a resistance though? Because I find talking about aging, you have many nodding, but you have others who don't actually want to, or perhaps it isn't in their own experience, but who think it's a nonsense, that it, it's enough to fight for women without separating and going, well, now we, you know, we have something particular to say about women over 40. Did you find it hard apart from your immediate community to kind of engender a sense that this was an issue? Um, I'd like to speak to that first. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's important to note that we did not, in our minds or in our work, well, in our minds, separate 
women of a certain age from women generally. Um, we were and are women of a certain age, certainly over 40. And uh, most of the women we know um, and those we were speaking to who had experience and talent and um, ambition uh, were almost all women over 40. Um, and so we chose to put our emphasis there. We chose to focus there because that's who we were, because we wanted to be heard. And because um, certainly in the US, there is um, there is still a, a um, glamorization of youth. And so to speak for young women seemed um, like that was not our, we were not speaking in our own voice about what we knew and wanted. Um, so to speak in our own voice and own it, we had to say we are women over 40. I mean, we were, at the time, that's what we were and still are and those in our community are. And so um, we would like to pull forward all women, even the young ones. Um, but we want to speak out loud and proud and constructively for women who have something to say, who have a certain amount of life experience professional experience, skill, and maturity to say it well. And so that's where we put our focus. Is your assumption that women, uh, in the same way as the logic was, if we get more women behind the camera, we're going to see more women on screen. Was your logic, if we get more women, mature women, we'll say behind the scenes, we will get more in front of them. Was that part of, the, of your logic? It, it was, I think, most of it. Yeah. Um, I, basically, what we're saying is, if, if there are people who are writing the stories, planting all those seeds that, that have a particular lens, that it will affect, <clears throat> it will affect everything. It will affect the, the diversity on the screen. It will affect just, it will have long, long threads. Um, so yes, it should affect everything. Right. Elizabeth, did you want to add? Yeah. yeah. Well, because film, certainly feature film, is generally acknowledged to be a director-driven medium. We chose to focus on writers, and we did it very intentionally, partly because we identify as writers rather than directors, um, and partly because we value, I think more than the film industry does, especially at this moment, perhaps, um, the necessity of a writer who knows how to construct a story properly on the page as a roadmap to create this thing that we will see on the screen. And so on the one hand, we did want to value the lens of the woman over 40. But the, on the other hand, we also wanted to draw attention to the absolute necessity of starting with the very original source of the writer. Okay. Yes. Yes. I see. I see what you mean. Um, so, okay. I, I note here that you have um, for uh, a number of years run script labs for the Athena Film Festival. And I also note that you were involved in, or maybe still are in something called women in the script trade. And I'm just wondering, you know, are these, dip were the are these different kinds of initiatives directed to different le levels of writers? Or could you speak to, to the difference maybe between each of those i think it, it, there's a simple way to put it uh our work with athena uh which is an organization that we adore uh they do a film festival and they have the labs uh that was about all women 
There okay. was no age difference or bracket of any kind. Uh, it was about all women, and it's it's a wonderful, wonderful program. Um, we stopped doing it only because the Writers Lab is expanding so much. Nice. Um, but but that was our focus there. We were trying to get our again. We were trying to support all women. Um, <clears throat> women in the script trade is just the two of us in our spare time. <laughs> you do have spare time. Okay. No, no. Women but, in script but, trade is dwindling similarly for the same. Right, reason. but but it it was giving us the opportunity to go beyond our work at the writers lab and to to work with other women. Uh, it is quite quite sparse right now. But that's all it was. It was just again to be able to to reach beyond our work at the writers lab. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you, I'm just wondering whether you see um, a difference between the kind of work that I know it's a very general question, but is there a difference between screenwriting in the US and screenwriting in Europe, for instance, or is that far too broad a, a question? Am I looking for magic there trying to get a response from that? I, I think that's, it is a broad question there is a very broad answer, which is yes, there are some differences. Oh, okay. And yes, there are also many similarities. Um, the writing in the US tends to be shaped by um, industry standard setters, meaning originally it was the Hollywood studios. Now, I guess it's more and more the streamers, um, but it's it's um, the focus, the, there's a, a, a large and dominant, and by the way, very private corporate um, film industry in the US. And so um, most writers are who hope to get paid for their work um, are focused on meeting the standards as established by that industry. Um, outside the US, I think there is um, more latitude um, to uh, to write in a in a in a variety of um styles let's let's say um i think there is there's a, more of an art house industry outside the us um there's um uh it's not actually technically independent film but there is more of an indep independent film culture outside the us than there than there currently is in the us um mostly because it's just so hard to get an independent film off the ground in the us these days um and so you do see differences in in how scripts are written and um, Nitsa maybe one can speak further to some of that. Uh, I just wanted to add that strictly from a story, sort of a, a story point of view, there's a lot of similarities. We are, you know, we are focused. We read a lot, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scripts written by women over 40. And there is a, um, a delightful overlap in the kind of uh, stories that women over 40 are interested in. And I love that. I love, I mean, it can be frustrating at times, but but uh, I love that we are so much more alike than you would imagine. Right, okay. Do you think that uh, there's any difference in the way female characters are written between Europe and the US just before we, we move from that? I mean, um, I, I, I wanna, actually say that we are noticing after a couple of years of this that not all of Europe um I would I wouldn't answer the question in the same way for every part of Europe um, there are even differences within regions and within countries um, 
so yes, there are differences, but but by and large, there are similarities in the pool of, of content being written, uh, as needs to said about subject matter and kinds of characters. Um, I think we, you know, there, there are always in, in, from everywhere, there are female characters who are written really with a, um, as though with a male lens, even though written by women, um, occasionally, more often than we'd like. Um, and then there are women who really uh, do unpack all of that and show us um, female characters that stand out as as quite different from what from what we've been seeing, from what the standards have been. Mm -hmm. So you you really get to see. I'm hearing a broad spectrum, don't you? You get to read an enormous enormous difference in in what you're reading by the sound of it and what's been written. Um, okay, so. Knowing that our members are, are, are very much, you know, uh, trying to get their own careers off the ground. Many of them are writers. Of course, we have uh, directors and so on as well. Um, but can I ask you, um, is it possible for a woman over 40 to decide she wants to become a screenwriter at that point? Or, or is it of necessity something that you have to start early? Absolutely possible. <clears throat> I do think that you have to, that self-awareness is the most important element. Self-awareness and the openness to education, because we all sort of fall into ruts and patterns of behavior and thinking over the years. It's really important that if you do embark, like anything, if you embark on something and you want to do it well, you have to put the time into it. And you have to be open to the possibility that you're going to have to re-educate hard. Um, and so sometimes one of the limitations that we find, it's a very good question, and I'll go, I'll go to the other part of it, which is that um, sometimes people do want to pivot as one does in, in mid-career, uh, and, and they want to go into something new. Um, sorry, someone is scratching at my door. It is not a human thing. If you hear sounds, it's not a zombie, um, although that's where my mind first goes. But um, I apologize. Uh, but but the, the thing is that you, you have to really work hard at it. You have to understand that just because you have a story that you want to tell, it, you have to understand it needs to be uh, a story that others can relate to. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard as we get well, immersed I'll, in our own story. I'll add to that as always. Yeah. <laughs> what else is new? Um, yes, uh, a story to be interesting for an audience to pay to see, um, it, it has to resonate with some sort of um, universal uh, content. That you have to, if you're coming to writing for the first time, whatever your age, uh, you have to learn how to do that. Similarly, um, because um, screenwriting is not novel writing, um, it is a collaborative um, project to make a film. And um, the, as I mentioned before, the screenplay is sort of like a roadmap to do that. You really have to educate yourself on how to craft an excellent roadmap that those who will, dr will drive it, if I can take the metaphor way too far, um, can follow. And so um, learning the craft is critical if you're pivoting at any point. But I would also add, um, these days, 
people live longer and longer. I love the way you're saying these things. I mean, come on. It's not like you choose a career when you're 21 or whatever, and you finish university and you set your path. And this is particularly true for women. It has always been true for women, more so than for men, but men are now having to learn it too. If I'm going to live to be 80, what I'm doing when I'm 22 may not be what I'm doing when I'm 52. And I may have to retrain. Um, This is now possible. In fact, it's almost expected. And whether you're coming from something really far outside, which may be inadvisable, that's a big, sometimes that's a big leap to make. But if you're coming from another form of writing, if you're coming from another part of the film industry, if you're coming from, as many women do, um, domestic responsibilities, um, that doesn't mean you can't do it at 40, at 50, or later, but you do have to learn what you need to learn to do it well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point. Um, there is a craft involved and, and whether you have the capacity to raise that to an art or not, well, you know, nobody will know, but neither will you unless you unless you embark. But I think it's interesting that, you, you, you know, you wouldn't immediately kind of go, oh, well, that's, you've left it a bit late now type of thing. Because I mean, as you say, we're living longer. There's far more... Um, far more in terms of return to education re- courses uh, this notion of lifelong learning which i love so um whilst there are different challenges obviously in terms of screenwriting and then the links that you need in industry to um to move forward it's by no means uh, a case that if you've you know crossed a certain birth date that you should say goodbye to all your aspirations or dreams Absolutely. And re-education doesn't mean you have to sign up for a three-year, multi-thousand-dollar pound-euro program. There is so much available online now. Um, you can certainly self-educate, um, but, it, but it is worth uh, learning the craft and also learning um, what else is going on in the industry so you know where the stories you want to tell might land. That's what I was going to add. You don't just have to learn your craft. You also have to learn how to advocate for yourself as a businesswoman. Yes. That's also a very big part of yes, it. Yes, that is true. So let's stop for a minute, looking, just focusing on the script and think the wider picture for a minute, because there seems to be two discussions going on broadly. And one, some of the discussion is, here's another report, and it's saying, you know, that there's limited representation of women over a certain age, visually, ex, you know, barring the outliers that we all love, you know, and, and we all know the Merrills and the Judy Denches and all these people. And, um, um, but, but, you know, the reports that say, okay, but they are only a handful on screen. And then much less research done actually on behind the camera. But nonetheless, there's another argument, which is often kind of heralded on headlines of, of papers going, this is a golden age for women over a certain age. You know, anybody can do anything. Where does the truth lie? Is this a, you know, is it a plus or a negative or is it somewhere in between? Elizabeth, you, you, are you want to get right, in No, I, I, Anita would, would, would jump in equally. I'm so I just did it faster. <laughs> um, uh, both are true. Both are true. Um, I would say 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, we saw very few of these characters and very few of these um, actors uh, being offered the kinds of roles that we are now seeing. Mm. So that's good news. Yes. That said, we went from none to a handful. Um, 
and as Nita, uh, Nita has a, a bunch of statistics uh, recently, we've re recently been processing, women over 40 are 25% of the world population. Um, we're not seeing 25% of the roles on screen uh, be complex women. Over or of anything, or of directors, cinematographers, yeah, yeah, writers, yeah. anything, anything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a ways yeah. to go. So we have a ways to go, but you think that the door, the door is kind of opening a bit. It is, does it come down to demand? Does it come down? Cause you know, this is another argument which goes mature women want to watch different kinds of things. They want themselves as everybody wants to see themselves represented. Of course, everybody. Um, and because of that, there are more opportunities for instance, on streaming services as opposed to film, what what would you to say to that? I would say yes. I would say um, that there are some there are more opportunities on streaming. Uh, I guess there's just more opportunities for everything on streaming. Mm -hmm. But um, I do think that uh, part of it comes from uh, fi finding our voices not just as screenwriters but as human beings, mm -hmm. uh, and we uh, we have been trained too well. Uh, for millennia to, um, and again, this is where I, I tend to sort of step back and, and look at the larger picture. But but I think that that we need to speak up. I mean, you know, there are many who say that it was uh, a certain population of women in the United States that, that uh, elected a certain president, and that was why we are where we are. That is messed up. I mean, we, there is a lot, we have a lot of work to do, not just as screenwriters, but we have a lot of work to do. Um, and, uh, and so, yes, uh, did I answer your question? I don't know, but, but I, I, I uh, yeah, Elizabeth. So, okay. So on a, on a plus note, you might say, okay, film may not be as hospitable for women generally, not to mind older women, but that the small screen, shall we say, maybe is more hospitable than ever before. It is. We're so, yes, we want it and we, we, we love it. We love when we see these older characters coming on stream. Is that fair to say? Well, it is. I mean, there are more women yeah. and more older women in writers' rooms. Just statistically, there are. And so that's what's going to happen. You're going to, but there are still terrible stories coming out about that as well. You know, still, still, you know, not, not having the voice they deserve. Um, I don't, I hate the idea that that is uh, a reason to stop, to, for women to start moving away from film. My opinion, no, I, I love. Are, the I, numbers are better in, in TV yeah. and streaming, slightly. Uh, they're still not where they need to be, but they're slightly better there. Um Yes, and 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 it translates from behind the screen to on screen, or it translates from on screen to behind the screen. It's hard to say which. It is chicken and egg there, but um, but again, there's still a ways to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's um, let's move on to the nuts and bolts for a minute now. So we've got people sitting there listening, and they're very keen, and so on. So let's talk about. Um, how the application process goes, how you make those decisions, and you know what kind of uh, what, what how many submissions you get. I mean, this must be a pretty major um, uh, time consuming, and also I imagine you know you, you probably understand the dreams of everybody sending in. So I presume it takes quite a lot out of you emotionally. I imagine as well. 
um, in, in making those decisions um, about who, who, whose work is, is going to come through. Can you talk us through a little bit about that? Um, where should we start? There were, there were some great questions in that. Uh... Call goes out. Call yep. goes out. What's the next step? Submission ends. People send you what? A screenplay? A part of their writing? What do they send, first of all? We ask that they send an entire feature film, well-polished and well-thought-out, and an entire pilot, whether it's a half hour or an hour. Feature or pilot, not both. What did I say? Oh, yes. Feature or half-hour pilot or one-hour pilot. Um, We ask that a lot of work be done before we see the script. Okay. So we are talking now, just straight away, we are not talking about someone kicking off here, making a start. You are talking here, your assumption is that those who submit are going to have a degree of of work done. They're going to have a a degree, a a bit of background in in the craft, that they'll know their craft. Yes, but that doesn't mean they can't be self-taught. Oh, yes, absolutely. And they don't have to have, or do they? They don't have to have a credit, do they? No. So it's just that you want you want the submissions to be the very best submission that that applicant can make. I'll say more. Um, yeah. So in the U.S., for the U.S. lab, we receive well over a thousand submissions annually. Um, in the the U.K. and Europe labs have um, changed uh, form in the few years that we've been doing them. So it's harder to say the 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 uh, a general average number but let's say several hundred. Uh, It can be anywhere from um, four, five, six, seven hundred scripts that we, so so starting there, the numbers are are fairly substantial. We work with a, a, we tend to work with a vetted group of readers, um, most of whom have read with us now multiple years, uh, some of whom have read with us since the beginning. Uh, We try to use diverse readers, we try to reuse, uh, we use women readers mostly. Um, and we have, um, we are constantly reevaluating our evaluation process. So there are questions we ask readers to try to standardize their feedback. Um, but then we also have a lot of reader meetings to discuss what is being read. And of course, Nitsa and I um, and our various partners lay eyes on most of the submissions over the course of the decision-making period. That said, our policy has been from the beginning that we read the script and that is what we read. We read the script blind, without a name, without background information. So the work must speak for itself. Now, And by, by the way, we get submissions uh, from professional writers. We get submissions from people who really know what they're doing. That does not mean that we choose all professional writers for the labs. Um, Nietzsche's point from earlier is that you have to know enough craft and you have to give in, you have to have given your work enough thought, consideration, and attention to make clear that you have a story to tell, that you know what the story is, that you know why somebody else would watch it and that you can convey that. It doesn't have to be a perfect story. You may not have figured out the right ending for your story. You may not have figured out why this secondary character replaces that secondary character at a certain point, but you You may not even, you may not even know what your protagonist wants 
which we find is one of the biggest issues that we have to deal with. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet that's a very basic sort of, uh, you know, how, you know how things are sometimes when something is so basic and so important, it's sometimes hard to nail it. So yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point we know enough to read between the lines to see if the writer has a sense of cinematic writing, if she knows how to tell a story visually she, if she knows how to write dialogue, if she understands pacing and things like that, and if she knows enough about what her story is and what she wants, to, the story she wants to tell to convey that to a reader. And then if it's not perfect, we can address that in the lab because the lab really does focus on the script and the craft and how to improve both of those things. So, um, we get sort of everything across the spectrum. Okay, so you get everything, and I understand. And because so there's no there's no background coming with that work. There are no notes going along to you. The work is read as a piece of work. Is that there are we do yeah. we do we do have some short short answer questions. Yes, we do ask some basic questions uh, about the writer and uh, just a few things. Um, I I will say that um, I I say that screenplays and uh, pilots are like fingerprints. You can learn a lot about the writer just by reading the script. So um, okay, so you're what it, I know everybody asks I suppose this question and and it's a hard one and I know what you're saying there you want in a sense of story and you you know uh, the writer but. Even based on what you've done in the past and, and work that comes through, what is it is it possible to even give us a sense of what makes a script sing so that you go, I, I, we have to we have to hear more about this person? Can you try to tease out some of that? It's hard because they're all different. Yeah. I mean it really is. But the uh so the truth is, I, I'm gonna think about a couple of recent examples. Yeah. Um and um, first of all, um, if, uh, if I can picture the story unfolding visually on a screen, that's relatively rare. That's exciting to me. If there is a bigger concept um, where you're telling the story, let's say, of an individual, but it's a, in some way or another, a representative story that tells me something about the state of the world. Um, that is exciting to me. Sorry, when you say the state of the world, it can be many different worlds, a state of a world. Right. Sometimes what, sometimes we don't need to, we don't need to see all the same worlds that we see so often. Mm. A, a, a new world is a different part of the world or a different experience is so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are also like more specific things. For example, if you're writing a comedy, it should be funny. There's a tip. There's a big tip. Um, and and that and that it sounds very simple and very obvious. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard and very rare. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. if you're writing science fiction or horror or some other or period or genre. If, yeah. the, if the world is richly um, and clearly depicted, um, that's really important, also somewhat rare and very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else needs? Uh... Um, I think it, we talk about this a lot. 
that you, before you even put your pen to paper, said the 58 year old woman, uh, as opposed to fingers to keyboard, um, you need to have done a lot of thinking about this story. And we, you feel that, that thought in the first five pages, you feel it when a writer has thought deeply about the people, the world, the pacing, the time. Wow. And it's a, in the first five pages. Yes. 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 You feel it's it. Usually so it, in the first five so pages. it speaks to you pretty, pretty immediately, really. Yes. Yes. You can feel it right away when someone has has really thought deeply about the vo- the people who are speaking and their relationships to each other mm-hmm. and the world they're in. I mean, I think that that screenplays are and, and pilots are beautiful beautiful they're woven and built and layered and symphonic i mean they really it's a really beautiful art form again here i am waxing you know art, artsy artsy and deep but but they but it requires that much thought well i'll, I'll use that opportunity to um address the other point that the other question you asked truthfully in every script we, we read whether or not any of that is there Yes, of course, we can see and feel um, the writer behind it. And yes, it is personal. And yes, we recognize that it takes tremendous courage to share something that you're not sure about that's come out of your head and your heart with total strangers. Say, um, see it, tell me, you know, is it real? Can you love it? Um, and 99.9% of the time we have to say, no, um, it is heartbreaking. It is very, it is very hard. Um, our focus is on our, our focus is on pulling out the gems that we find in that, in that, um, really large pool of submissions and saying, we must do something with this. And, um, and you have to be a little, I mean, I mean, this is why we also talk about why it's very important for as a writer, it has to be more, uh, it has to be about much more than one story you're telling. Yes. Uh, And this idea that I'm going to put, I'm going to get this show on TV and be rich. It has to be about uh, expression. It has to be about community. It has to be about meaning. It has to be about self-exploration. It has to be about so much more. Um, And if you can have that attitude going in, it will take the onus off success. Uh, because this is much bigger, bigger than one story. Yes, indeed. Um, so, okay, you go through them and they have, a, you're saying there is a sort of a brief questionnaire that accompanies a submission. What do you know of the person from that questionnaire? Because you're saying readers don't get a name, which is good. So it's blind reading in terms of the readers. Do the readers get a sense that, that of, do they get to see that questionnaire? No, but is it for you guys really to get a sense of who's applying? Is that is that the idea of that? It really, yeah, it comes in at the end. In in once we get to the finalist round, um, when we're we're looking at the profile of a person in a in a, a way, you know, a lot of um, competitions are asking for an application that is very much about the applicant as opposed to about the project. Um, we get to the applicant via the project, um, and so we only look at the profiles for the finalists. Okay, so we let, let's talk about Europe, and you're saying okay that you're not clear about numbers, but you're talking uh, several hundred scripts, let's say. Okay, 
So how how does the breakdown? You know, do you, are there kind of several rounds of readings where you lose some every time? Is that how it goes? How, how yes. do you talk about well, with that? Europe, it's with Europe, it's a little bit different, um, and to some extent with the UK, it's a little bit different in that um, uh, there are territories, um, and so we do a little bit of uh, geographic sorting. Um, so that we can make sure that there are finalists from each territory to consider. It's, it's diversity. It's just, it's, it's yes. diversity of, of uh, geography. Yes. Okay. Right. So you're getting a kind of a cross-cultural um, spread, if you like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. As, just on that, are there tonal or representational differences coming through, let's say, yeah. Italy versus Ireland versus wherever? Like, are, there, are those things available? Are those things clear? On a, yes, on a serious note, actually, yeah. spousal abuse stories and yeah. trafficking and That's infidelity true. and and yeah. just and just okay. honestly, it's yeah. it's quite we saw, difficult. We also sometimes. saw um, a lot more refugee stories from the European submitters than we did oh, from okay. the US submitters. Right. We've yeah. seen um, um, there are differences in style and tone from Spain to France to Italy to Greece to Poland to, I mean, that there are differences to Germany. Um, there are differences in tone and style. I, I will say um, Ireland has a, <laughs> on Ireland. Um, Ireland has a long history of, of um, and um, the, well, that's interesting because, you know, that used to be a conversation years ago, you know, you know, that we did have a sort of a literary background and this has gone back several years now, but did we have a problem, you know, screenwriting was, was quite a different medium and it was a visual. So it's kind of interesting uh, that uh, to hear you say that. Excellent so, comic voices, a lot of com yeah. good comic voices. Really? Oh, that's, that's interesting. Do you guys... Um, for yourself, even uh, not publicly, I'm sure, but do you put together some kind of a report at the end of, of the, I mean, are you able, do, do you have any sense of keeping stats or keeping records of, of different things, uh, you know, of, of, um, of, of, of where, you know, who apply from here or the age group or, yeah. Yes. Yes. We actually do have the statistics. We we have not published those in any way. It's quite interesting, I think. Uh, but yes, and actually, I haven't looked at them in a long time, so I can't even know know them off the top of my head. No, we actually do because we the spread we, was different than like, expected. I think when this uh, when we first did Europe. Yeah, that's true. The, the, um, yeah, but. Most of our submissions do come from um, England, Ireland, uh, and Republic. Most most of it. That's okay. that's the heft of it because of language. Yes, yes. It's very yes. simply. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That, that's that's true. Um, what is there an upper age group that you have? You know that you would have saying, "Oh my goodness, the the the." This, these are the older group, or this is a, a script from you know a, a much older person than we would maybe previous had, or is there is there a sort of a, um, a, a, an age, um, roughly an age kind of band that? So we we is... have definitely received submissions from women in their eighties. Um, I don't think above that, but certainly in their eighties. Um, I think the oldest we've had women at the lab in their 70s i was going to say i think the oldest participants we've had at the lab have been in their 70s um there is no reason 
that we couldn't, you know, I mean, there's, there is no, there is no end age for this. Um, it is, but it is incumbent upon the applicant to be current enough about standards for writing and expectations of the market for stories that can, that can take off. Um, but the, yeah, there's, we have, we, we have alumni in their seventies and maybe some that's older great to hear. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. Um, okay. So you're saying they go through the levels of reading. Does every script, is every script read once or are scripts read a few times, depending on as you, as you kind of come towards your final hurdle, do scripts get an, an extra read? How does that work? Every script is looked at in this particular lab three times, three times, wow, right. at okay. least, at least. Just that's that's how that's how this this one goes, yeah. And you can take how many how how many actually are going to come through and be offered a place. So the U.S. lab, with with the exception of the first year of the pandemic, when things went haywire and we quickly pivoted to Zoom and we didn't really know what we were doing, um, we had one we had a class I think of sixteen, which was quite large for us. Generally speaking, the U.S. lab always takes 12, and that seems to be a good number for building a cohort and, and giving them personalized attention, but having a bit of a, of, of a range of genre and, and uh, of project and writer. Um, the U.K. and Europe labs, we've done fewer of those. The numbers have shifted slightly, but it's always been between 12 and 16. Okay. Okay. And, and uh, is there a, is there a kind of a final showdown for those? Places? Oh my God. The final decisions are, it, it is agony. Needs and I say it's excruciating. Is it to make yes. those? No, final we spend calls? weeks saying, take a look at this one. Take a look at this one. Tell me what you think. I can't, I can't figure out what to do. Or of these two, if you were like, if you were at the end of a barrel of a gun, what would you take? And it's that it's a nail biter because we, I mean, this, lots we could choose who would do beautifully but people we'd love to meet people we'd love to work with stories we'd love to see get made um it and and again like the university i don't know how the universities over there work but like the universities here tell it's also partly about putting together a class that makes sense together so that they're not all coming of age dramas or they're not all 46 year olds or they're not all white women from texas um, yeah. you know, so there's a bit of, yeah. of a, of a range. Yes, yes, yes. Which, which might be hard to hear because the, the, what that means, of course, is that, you know, sometimes you don't make it not because you're not talented, but because, you know, reasons that are about something yeah. else. Now, if you do not make it one year, can you submit again the following year or, you know, do people do that? Do you find scripts that have been near misses or maybe? maybe? Yes, absolutely. We keep our eye on everybody. If if you revise, we, we say, please do revise. Um, just because if you are serious about what you're doing, you're going to revise anyway. But we ask revise, resubmit, and you're on our radar. If a great script that for some reason didn't make it reapplies, higher chance of getting in. Okay. You now, can, is it impossible to give feedback? Because I know that everybody wants feedback, but of course I know how difficult it is for, for people to provide that. So are you guys in that same position of knowing you know, that everybody about like this for years? Um, the truth is we would love to give feedback. It is the most valuable thing that you can take away from a 
from an application process. Um, we simply don't have the bandwidth. We don't have the human resources. We don't have the financial resources and we can't do it. So for the US lab, I think this is not the case for any of the overseas labs. We, um, we have an, you have the option to apply for a, for a slightly reduced fee to get um, feedback from a program called, I'm gonna get it right, We Screenplay? We Screenplay, yeah. um, which is a part of Coverfly, which Coverfly is a, an application, a platform for taking screenplay submissions. It is the one we use for coverfly.com. Um, and we our submissions are hosted on Coverfly. And one of their partner organizations provides feedback. And so we contract with them to do it. So it is not, we are not the ones doing it. Um, and we think it is mostly good as with all coverage that you pay for. Um, and especially if you don't know the exact individual who is doing the coverage, it can vary widely. Um, and so there is a bit of risk there, but um, the best feedback you can get is from other writers you know. Who are better than you. Who are better than you <laughs> and, and yeah. who, who have the personality to speak candidly. Yeah. And of course you have to, you have to be able to hear that then, don't you as well? You must be able yeah. to hear that. Yeah, we we've toyed with uh, and at one point we actually did this, bringing some of the um, the people who've who are finalists or, or semi finalists, creating a, a cohort of those people so that they can then support each other uh, going forward. Uh, and that's something I really believe in. Again, it's it is so hard. We really want to give back as much as we can. Um, so that is something that we do talk about doing. OK, OK, so. Yeah. Okay. So look, the first question here from Ashley Parsons is, do you feel that women scriptwriters these days need more encouragement than men to write scripts and show them to the world? And if so, why do you think that is? What is the common factor that holds them back? History. Yeah. That's the common factor. Um, I think there's also, there is, what is it called? Internalized misogyny. I think that sometimes there's, I think we have a lot of work to do on ourselves. Um, and I don't, and I'm not, Imposter syndrome. And I'm not saying, not in any way am I saying this is our fault. No, we, we must support each other. We absolutely must support each other. Um, and, uh, uh, but, but sometimes we need to be aware again, self-awareness, be aware of what's holding us back. I don't know if I answered the question. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 fine. Um, then Maggie Egan Commons says, "How do I get involved with women in film and TV and the Writers Lab? I have a script in development. It's set in LA and the Wild Atlantic Way. Are there grants for this movie about two Irish American sisters who go to Ireland on a fun road trip?" And talks a little bit about the movie there, about a movie that shows us when it comes to love, the heart doesn't know its own age. We're looking for an Irish female director, if possible. I don't, I don't know whether that is a question for. For you two, I guess a lot of people want to know how they're going to get funding. I'll just say uh, two things yeah. that I hope will be that generally. First of all, the U.S. does not have really like any grants <laughs> for filmmakers. I mean, there are a few small ones and you can research them if you are eligible. But if you're outside the U.S., you are probably not. Europe, uh, Ireland, the U.K., um, Canada are all much better at that do the research about where you live 
to find out how you can build your own project. We are big encourager, encouragers. We we look, we strongly encourage self-advocacy and self-actualization. Go out and do the research and you might find funding and you can meet other women. There are networking opportunities within almost all WIFTs, no matter where you are, to meet if you're a writer, to meet a director, if you're a director, to meet a writer, to meet an actress, to meet a cinematographer and, and talk about the work and find out who knows who and what you can do together. Check out Film Fatale. Uh, it's, um, do we want to throw that in the chat? Is it filmfatale.org? I think it is. And there's an S on there. Yes. Um, so check that out. That's a great organization. Yes, and they have tremendous programming. And I think much of it open to the public. Okay, but just to be absolutely clear where you're interested, where you're concerned is uh, it's script development. It's the script, you, you're you not- you Our lab really works to... only with the lab participants, really very much on the writing. But I just had I just had a gentleman reach out via email to our public email address, which is contact at thewriterslab.nyc. Uh, and he said, I have a script with a woman over 50 as a protagonist. Uh, where can I get some help developing it? And so we sent him some, some resources. So you can always reach out to contact at thewriterslab.nyc and we'll do our best okay. to help. That's great. And uh, the last question here from uh, Lindsay Sedgwick, after the geographical sorting in Europe, what are the next stages in the sorting process? Um, we look for all diversity. We look for diversity of age, ethnicity, race, experience. Um, what else? I mean, you name it. We just sit there and we sort of like look at everything that's going on. Uh, genre, format, right? Half hour, hour feature, horror, coming of age, drama, historical. We look at it all. It's really, it's like we're we're firing on all cylinders when we pick. And there's no specific order. We just sort of sit down and look at everything. I mean, it's 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 an embarrassment of riches is what it is. Elizabeth uh, and Nitsa, I've really enjoyed it so much. Thank you very, very much. If you would like to support Women in Film and Television Ireland, join us today on WFT.ie.